Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williams. Matt, it's a uh, victory Monday. Yeah, sure is. Steelers are 4-0 and since the first time. Uh, it's the first time since 1979. They also did it in 78 and 73. Uh, they made the playoffs all three of those years. Um, won the Super Bowl twice. Yeah, so I've heard. Good, good stuff. <laughs> and they're playing really well. I mean, I know that this hasn't been the murderer's row of four teams, and that's about to get interesting. I'm excited about that. Wins are wins in this league. I mean, right. the, the Chiefs just lost to the Raiders. You know, the Niners just got blown out by the Dolphins. You know I mean? Like, it, it, beating any team in this league is an accomplishment. It, it really is. And, and I, I was asked, uh, you know, why aren't the – why don't – I can't remember the last time the Steelers blew a team out. Well, it happened last year against Cincinnati. They beat Cincinnati 27-3, to which mm-hmm. is what the, the Ravens did to them yesterday. And, you know, if you go back to the 2018 season, you, you weren't going to see many blowouts – there's Last so many year, blowouts in the league. Period. Period. You're right. Two two years ago, they blew out the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they blew out the Atlanta Falcons that year. I mean, they do blow teams out. <laughs> they do. It they does do, right. happen on occasion, but it's not something that you're go- you're not going to see. This is not the uh, college football where you're just going to go out and thump Appalachian State right, by where 40. Your backups can beat them. Yeah, you know, right? No, it's not going to happen. It's just the way the league is, and teams are going to come back late in quote garbage time. I mean, what about two weeks ago if the Steelers aren't kneeling in, kneeling on it as they're going into the end zone? Yeah. I mean, is that a blowout? I mean, so that kind of stuff doesn't bother me. I mean, not they're, at you're going to play close games. And yeah. winning close games is an art form. It's not an easy thing to do. Correct. You know? I mean, the the uh, uh, if you look last night, the Vikings were blowing out the Seahawks right. until they weren't. That's a great way. Yeah, <laughs> a perfect example. You know, I mean, they, they, I mean, they dominated that football game. The first half they ran 40 plays against Seattle's seven runs and seven passes. Yeah, I mean they did, and that ratio got a little better, but not much. Not much. And they dominated the time possession, played their exact game. Wilson had 140 yards passing before the final drive, and you end up losing. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, you did know, everything. Yeah. I mean, they did. They played almost a perfect game. Yeah, except for a couple. They had a it couple of turnovers. And, yep. I mean, the Bobby Wagner inter- interception was unbelievable. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's I mean, something to get them, right. Yeah, but, I mean, they played a near-perfect game and lost. Mm-hmm. It happens. Um, you know, so I, I just— you look at teams like the Chargers last year, the Bengals, the Packers that were in so the many The Falcons this year, losing, right. they they lose finding ways to lose games. those games. Right, right, right. Winning close games is, a, is not easy to do in this league. Yeah. Uh, that's not to say that the Steelers are without Mm-mm. some problems. I mean, they absolutely. You know, if if you look at uh, the, this thing overall, I, I still don't think that they are a we're going to line up and run the ball consistently kind of team. Now they've no uh, the Eagles. I know their run numbers aren't awesome this year, but that defense, no one's run on them in three years. Right. I mean, they start. Right. Fletcher Cox is really good. <laughs> He's really really good. good. Their D line, their front in general is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, that's. I'm getting the questions today as well. What's wrong with the Steelers' run game? They're averaging 130, almost 139 yards rushing per game. Yeah, I don't know if there's now, something it, wrong with it. They maybe it's not. It yesterday. It, it's not a conventional running game where mm-hmm. they're just lining up and the running backs pounding. It wasn't like what the Vikings did last night to, to Seattle, where Dalvin right. Cook and Alexander we'll Madison are running. And, yeah, you know, ISOs and right. But they're generating yardage in the in the run game. Absolutely. I mean, and they're getting big plays from the run game. The. Uh, Ravens don't have a traditional run game, uh, and that was my point to that to okay. that person who wrote that. I'm like, the Ravens don't have a. Their running backs average, I don't know, 120 yards rushing per game, mm-hmm. and then Jackson's the rest of it. Right. I mean, you know, and this year it's not even that. The running backs are averaging 60 yards per game, and Jackson's getting his 60. 
just because it doesn't look like Jerome behind a big fullback and Fanica and those guys leading the way and everyone in the world knows what plays you're running, it's just as effective. Yeah, I mean, right. it, it does what it needs to do in terms of keeping the defense at bay. Yeah. And I thought Roethlisberger yesterday played his best game of the season. I very much so. And I was on a Steelers roundtable today, and we've kind of talked about this before too, and um, I used the analogy that he used to be Carl Malone, now he's John Stockton. You know, that he's a distributor. He's Maybe he's not on SportsCenter dunking over people, but he's you know getting the ball to the right people at the right time, not putting it in harm's way. You look at, like, Rivers right now. He's the opposite. I mean, he's yeah. like shot. You know, I mean, he's, Brady the other night was, Yeah, you know. I mean, it looks out of sorts and stuff. I mean, yeah. Ben's very comfortable. And, and I'm glad you brought him up. Of course, we're going to bring up Ben. I, I, there was two numbers I meant to text you that... He didn't have an incompletion yesterday on third down. Really? Not one. Wow. That's I mean, that's, awesome. that's winning football. That's winning football. There's two numbers about Ben that I didn't know, that, but didn't really shock me that I read this morning. He's averaging 2.3 seconds per... Fastest in this. Yeah. Number one. I mean, that's yep. the quickest in the league. I mean, every time the ball comes out of his hands, on average, is 2.3 seconds. That's the quickest in the league, which means there's some... Probably a 1-9 in there and a 2-1 and, you know, not many 3-0s. And then the other number I heard when I originally thought heard it, I'm thinking, it's not very flattering. But he throws underneath, short of the sticks, the highest percentage of anyone in the league, too. And originally I was thinking, oh, we used to make fun of Alex Smith and Derek Carr and Checkdown and Bridgewater yeah. and those types. And maybe there's some of it because he'll be the first to tell you it sounds like his deep ball's a work in progress. Right. But a lot of it is just facilitating and getting to these people quick. You have five good weapons on the field always, no matter what package you're right. in. And a lot of them are really good after the catch and tackle breakers and timing and rhythm. And it's Stockton. You know, I mean, it's just distributing yeah. the ball. He was 27 of 34 yesterday, only 239 yards. Mm -hmm. But again, they if, if their third down, you know, everybody's talking about the Eagles' third down percentage in that game, which was outstanding. Right, right, right. They, they missed their first two, the Eagles, hit 10 in a row, and then missed their last two. Yeah. Those are the one, the two that mattered. The Steelers were 11 for 15 on third downs yeah. yesterday. Yeah, I mean, both are ridiculously good, bad numbers, whatever way, whatever right. side you want to look through, right. But Roethlisberger, I, th I thought just, he, you know, manipulated the defense the way he wanted to do. He drew, mm -hmm. uh, essentially called out to Chase Claypool on the on the last touchdown pass like hey you got the line the linebacker here go deep yeah right, right, right. <laughs> you know and set that up for him at the line of scrimmage yeah um just because of the knowledge of the game and the that's all been there. what the Steelers were missing last year how many times did we say that last year let's say that a hundred thousand like they win you know we use this example they win two more games with Eli Manning who can't play at all anymore right because he but knows, he sees that right oh yeah you he know. sees things you know he just now can't do the, it best of both worlds right <laughs> yeah. you got a guy that Gets him in and out of the huddle. Gets him in the right plays. All those type of things. And Ben seems better than ever at it. Yeah, I, I think his, he's really on top of his game right now and playing uh, really well. I mean, a, a 10 to 1 touchdown to interception oh. ratio. Uh, you know, when you look at, okay, he's not throwing the ball down the field as much, but he's not turning the ball over. That's what everybody That's killed better. him for in, in 2018. Oh, he's turning the ball over too much. Well, now he's not doing that. Now he's not doing that. You know, I if mean, they have to punt every once in a while because of that, you'd rather punt than throw an interception. I mean, we'll get to the defense, and all of a sudden people are down on the defense, which is insane. But with this defense and with the weapons around him and a good line, I mean, just not hurting the team has more value than anything, you know, and getting them in the right plays. And you know, there's no stats for that where – 
boy, I should have really got out of this pass, and instead I hand it to Connor. He picks up eight yards. Well, that's not on Ben's box score, but, right? You know, not every. But that's all part of it. Yeah, right, right. Um, and just you know, again, as, as you said, getting the ball to the right people. And yesterday, that right person was Chase Claypool. Yeah, and one last note on Ben. I want to talk about Chase a ton. The uh, he's so good now, better than ever. And he's always been good at it, but better than ever at manipulating a safety or yeah. getting a, a linebacker to flip his hips the wrong way and then throw him behind him or, you know, things like that, like manipulating coverage. Yeah, there was one yesterday. Jalen Mills was just overmatched. Yeah. yeah oh, he was, was he bad? Right. right. Uh, but he was he was lined up on Claypool at one point, and he thought Claypool was running a go. And so he immediately at, at the snap dropped his hips to the outside, mm-hmm. and Claypool ran a quick in. <laughs> that was just nowhere to nowhere to be found. Nowhere he just found. you don't you don't catch up on that stuff. Yeah, uh, you know that's again that's just Roethlisberger, you know, a pump fake here or seeing something Time and, manipulation. Yeah. yeah, all of it, and just knowing what the defense is trying to accomplish and making them do the opposite. You know. Yeah, and I I really thought to, to get us back on the Claypool. Uh, yeah, wow. He. Uh, Roethlisberger showed a lot of confidence in that young man. There was a yeah. play, and it you know it's not going to show up in the stat sheets as a, a huge play like the touch all the touchdowns in that game. Uh, but there was a play in the third quarter, I believe it was. It's third and four. Um, you've got Claypool matched up with Slay on him on to the right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Slay's up in his grill, and the release that Claypool got on on that. I mean. Slay couldn't get a hand on him. He was trying to jam him and just missed it. Yeah. And Claypool released to the inside. Boom. Roethlisberger hits him for a, a, an 11 yard gain on third down. Move the chains. Yeah. yeah with right. their best cornerback on him. Right. Um, in a clutch play. In a, cl- in a third down right. situation that, right. you know. It's a lot of faith. And I bet Ben would even tell you this, but earlier in his career, you know, we saw a slight disconnect with James Washington right. in the early years. You know, that he spent a lot of time with the ones. You have such a safety blanket in Antonio Brown for all those years. You want to spend your time throwing to AB. You know, like, right. would he – I guess my point is, would he have embraced and incorporated a rookie to this degree five years ago? Probably years ago? Here, and probably not, and here's why. And he talk, actually talked about this uh, two weeks ago when we, when we spoke to him. I actually wrote about this today. Um, I think that this group is a little more egoless. I don't. I, bet. I mean, they're young. I, they're not making a ton of money, right? That, you know, yeah, and, right. and for you know, you could look at this and say, well, Juju Smith-Schuster is the, the he, you know, he's the number one. He only had three catches yesterday or four catches, whatever it was. It wasn't wasn't a lot of action. He only right, had right. five passes thrown his way. Uh, he's in a contract year, mm-hmm. um, but you know, in the, in the situation with with Antonio Brown, um, you know, he, he had to get his stats. I'm sure you heard about it if he did. And you heard about it, yeah. yeah. Right. And, and, and Roethlisberger admitted that there were times, you know, in, in his earlier in his career where he would kind of force the ball to somebody at times to get I them bet. their stats. Well, he wasn't doing that yesterday. That doesn't help you win. You know? No. I mean, yeah, there is some value to it. You want to keep everybody happy. Uh, he, You know, Brown, like the, the great ones in history, deserved tons and tons of targets. I think that was some of the issue in Houston, too. Like, right. you know, wants to kill Hopkins Bill O'Brien. Is, yeah, he's got to get 16 targets a game, and he wants to football. And, right, and then everything it, goes from there as opposed to spreading it around. You know, and having done radio a radio show with, with Brown for a number of years um, before he went crazy, uh, <laughs> you know, I could, he DC. always he wanted the football because he felt that, that he gave them the best chance to win because he was a playmaker. Right. And in a lot of cases, that was the case. I mean, he was your best guy. That was a but who's the best guy right now? Right, right, right. That's the thing. I mean, you said this a lot about AB, and obviously we're not, this isn't an AB show or anything, but you know, there was a misconception 
that his selfishness or wanting the ball was so he could have 120 catches, where first and foremost he thought it was their best chance to win and move football because right. he was really good. And yeah. He wasn't wrong. That's why he <laughs> you was, know? you know, after that game in New Orleans when he had maybe the best game of his career, the last, game, last, as, game, as Steeler, yeah. last game as a Steeler, he was so ticked off about, you know, the, the juju fumble. Because it, you know he had left it all in the field that day. They played a tremendous game. Just, yeah, and, right. and then they you know they lose a game on a fumble, and two days later, Juju's named the team MVP. <laughs> right, that right. didn't sit well. I, I bet because he did the most of anyone in that game to have them win. Yeah, you know. Um, certain, but yeah. there's not. I don't. I don't see that. You'd be shocked if I. If I don't. I don't see that with this group. Like I don't think Juju's unhappy with the way he was used yesterday. I mean, he might deep down think, "Boy, I could have." I could have gotten some more balls, or, or yeah, maybe I should have yeah. got three or four more targets. At and the same time, I, I, he probably realizes that, that Chase Claypool, much like it w- was happening with Deontay Johnson, if, if you're an opposing team now, and you got you got a top, we got this, our top guy, mm-hmm. and we're going to put him on the on the best receiver. Who are you putting them on? Right, like yesterday's a perfect example. Yeah. They have one good corner. Yeah, you know? and he, I thought he was going to follow Deontay Johnson, and Deontay Johnson yeah. gets hurt. Um, you know, if you're the Browns this week. And Deontay Johnson is back. Mm-hmm. Who are you doubling? Right. It's got to be Claypool. Coming off that performance. It With that size right. and that speed. I mean, you just saw him destroy a team. But Deontay, if he plays, might have three touchdowns then, too. Right. You know, or Juju's an eat-up or slot guy. Like, I, I, we had a lot of fun this offseason, you, know, you and I talking about. Think of all the different five-man offensive personnel skill group skill guys they can put yeah. out there. And, it's and oh, by the way, if you ever. if you don't do something with Ebron, he sure, can go off right. on you. I mean, there's there's times when Ebron's the fourth or fifth most dangerous guy on the field for the Steelers, and he's dangerous. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. I mean, him and Connor, and then three big time receivers, or whatever, whatever group you want to put out there. I mean, I, I loved. I saw some seven offensive line sets yesterday. I mean, you see four wide. You see everything in between. I mean, it's they're hard to prepare for. Yeah, if you look at their uh, wide receiver production thus far, you get Smith-Schuster with 21 catches, mm-hmm. Johnson with 15 despite missing basically, basically the last game. two games, yeah, right. uh, Ebron with 14 catches, uh, Claypool and Washington with 13, and then Connor with 11. You're not going to keep everybody happy. You're not, yeah. I mean, if that if if it's an ego thing, you know, it, it, you're you're we're now at the quarter mark of the season. So if you extrapolate those numbers over the course of the season, you got Juju with 80 catches, mm-hmm. uh, Johnson right now with 60, and those other guys all coming in, you know, between yeah. 40 and somewhere between 40 and 55. Johnson's the only asterisk, you know, just because right. yeah, cause he's, missed he's really time. played two games yeah. and he's second on the team. And he's, seven, and he's still right. first in the team in targets. First on the team in targets, yeah. and he's missed, what, I mean, 100 minutes or something like that? Essentially you know? like seven quarters in the last, right. or six quarters in the last two games. So he might skyrocket past all of them, but even the, the biggest Claypool optimist didn't expect this guy to be this good this fast. No, yeah, I mean, and, and he's the you know he's before. the guy who's averaging twenty yards a catch. Right, right you know. Right. I mean, is he going to come off the field? No, not much. <laughs> I, I mean, if, you, if you're looking at the, uh, that's the only you know, um, Smith Schuster's averaging nine yards a catch. Uh, Johnson is nine point eight. Uh, Washington is nine yards a catch. Mm-hmm. But then you look at all fine numbers, right? Claypool's at twenty. Twenty, right? Like. Yeah. If I'm the Browns, I'm going. We, we can't, you know. Denzel Ward, you go guard, guard this guy, but Denzel Ward's five foot nine. He's as big as Claypool's right leg. Yeah, you know, right. Yeah. So what do you do? Yeah, I hear you. I mean, it's a definitely even. We talked about this off the air. Many teams, including the Steelers, 
let's take away Zach Ertz. Right. You know? Yeah. And we'll take our chances with those other dudes. And it didn't work out splendidly yesterday. But I'm sure every defense coordinator in the league would look at the Steelers differently. It's not going to be like, okay, we got a double A B, or we can't let Bell catch five pass. You know? Yeah. Well, whatever we do, the Steelers can accept. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you take, oh, you somebody, want to tar- you want to double Deontay Johnson? Okay, we can we can live with that. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're hard to play against. And you know, I remember you and I talking about this early in the year too. Like, I think we can get together every Monday, and if you want to be negative about it, you can complain. Why didn't James Washington get more targets? Why didn't Juju get more targets? It doesn't matter who's getting them necessarily in this offense. It doesn't, and uh, you know I think that the uh, when you look at it, they are uh, tough to match up against. That's they are. They're very talented. They're very young. I think the arrows pointing up on like all those guys basically. You know, and even more so than the eighty-four yard touchdown down the sideline a couple weeks ago did uh, for Claypool. Yesterday's game is going to. Oh, he's the talk of the town. Now. Yeah, I mean, right, you, right. I mean, you have to. Okay, yeah, he he put an eighty-four yard touchdown catch on on tape. Well, now he put a, a seven catch, hundred right. you know, hundred and ten yards and and four four touchdowns. Yeah, on, and <laughs> and even the Texan game, he led the receivers in snaps after Deontay got out. Yeah, you know, like you watch the last couple of games as a defense coordinator, you're like he's a major part of this offense. Yeah, we better we got to account for this guy. Yeah, he's not a run fat. We were talking about this today too on that round table, like. It's so impressive to me that already he isn't just a run-fast-down-the-sideline guy. I mean, he's lining up in the slot. He's in motion, handing him the ball. He's running a a variety of routes. I mean, he's contributing in a lot of ways for a very young player. I I wanted to get into that jet sweep motion with him. Uh, The Steelers used that that quite a bit Mm -hmm. uh, yesterday. We'll talk about that when we return. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You are listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And Matt, uh, we saw the Steelers uh, once again run a lot of jet sweep motion Yeah, yeah. Uh, in this game. They did give the ball to the to the jet sweep guy mm-hmm. a few times. Ray Ray McLeod had a 58-yard run. He's an interesting new wrinkle to the team, too. I mean, he was even out there in the first snap of the game. Yeah, first, uh, yeah, they definitely want to start incorporating him a little bit more, and he's shifty with the ball in his hands. And yeah, yeah. Not a, you know, he's a good returner, too. Yeah, not right. a great straight-line speed guy, but but definitely, you know, when he has the ball in his hands, he's tough to the catch. Yeah, yeah has that kind of stuff. Like, I'm glad they kept him over Switzerland. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and that pretty... jet sweep stuff was why. I, we saw a lot of that in training camp, and they were, you know, kept using him on him. Like, oh, maybe he's got a chance here. Mm-hmm. And obviously the, the, the return skills were, yeah, were right. big. 
Um, but we also saw what we've seen. We saw something that we'd seen a lot of in training camp as well was them using Claypool on jet sweeps. Yeah. And especially down by the goal line. And I guess they're, they're thinking there is he's a six foot four, 238 pound guy that if you get him out on the edge and you only need two or three yards, he's going to get you to two or three yards. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's a real compliment of what they think of him because you don't see Mike Evans doing that. No. You know what I mean? I mean, Claypool's stronger than Evans. Don't get me wrong. He can muscle two or three yards. He can do some short yardage back. But he also can fly. And he can fly. Yeah. Um, but he can bend. I mean, I always said this about Martavis Bryant, that one of the most imp- impressive things I saw with Bryant was they would give him that jet motion you know, or an end around, and he didn't. it didn't take him a lot of steps to, to bend to get that there, corner yeah. and get his, you know, his, his shoulders square to the line of scrimmage going that way. And Claypool's showing some of that too. Like one of the knocks on him, a lot of the draft next thought he was kind of a straight line-ish type dude. And you don't – you don't hand the balls to straight lineish guys, no. or they end up in the in the sideline, straight you know, parallel line of scrimmage. If we're redrafting, and I know it's not fair because it's only been four or five games for sure. these guys, but if we're redrafting that first round, Claypool was the eleventh receiver taken. Mm-hmm. Where's some he, really good one, and it was a really good group, and there have been some guys that have played well. Does he go eleventh or twelfth or eleventh? He, he goes much higher than that. Goes much higher than that. Like he to me. I think if you asked any area scout, um, any GM, and you got to watch those four pro games, he's a top ten pick overall. Yeah, I can remember talking to uh, Rex Ryan during Mart. I think it was Martavis Bryant's rookie year after he had had like six or seven good games in a row. It might even been the next year, and he was talking about Martavis Bryant. He said, "Yeah, if we'd have known that the the Clemson kid was going to be this good, we would have taken him." You know, he wouldn't have lasted to the fourth round. No chance, no chance. You know, I think if if teams had an opportunity to see Chase Claypool, and maybe this is again where you know the the on campus workouts not happening probably didn't help. Yeah, where you get to see him. You know, you go to the combine and you run and you jump and maybe you catch a few routes and mm-hmm. those kind of things, and you get a little glimpse of it. But I think you see so much more when you go to the on campus workout and you see, okay, how's he? You know, he's he's going to catch fifty balls today. Yeah, You're not right, seeing right, that right. at the combine. No, you didn't get to see that. You know, and you know, runs every route, you know, ten of them in a row. Yeah. Or whatever, you know, right. Um, to no fault of his own, it's also a very good receiver. It class. was, yeah. There's right. no, there's no ifs ands or buts about it. I mean, he wasn't in our top ten. He wasn't at the time. No. Yeah. And, and you know, when they took him, we were like, you know, right, okay, size, speed, you know. And he grew on us, obviously, yeah. the more homework we did. But, um, and again, maybe nine out of ten teams would still take C.D. Lamb over him. Or right. Judy. I mean, there's other really good players in the league. But I would like to, like, again, it goes back to, like, the Mahomes-Wilson argument. Like, mm-hmm. if you put Chase Claypool at Oklahoma. Right. How many balls does he catch in right. his career there? And maybe he starts one year earlier because Boykin wasn't in his way. Or, but then maybe he doesn't play any special too. teams. Right, maybe he doesn't play special teams. No, but he's a... Uh, I mean, I, I even said this when they took him. Like, maybe he wouldn't have been my pick at the time. Because he, he was right outside our top ten. Right outside. Yeah. And, and, you know, the way they picked 48, right? And he was, that's the range where he was supposed to go. Mm-hmm. But we were leaning towards a running back there. And Right. I, I'm willing and to admit. really good players. I'm willing to admit I was wrong. Very, very. I know they could, far they could still use a running back. Oh, sure. You know, I think James Conner's, yeah. I didn't love what I saw from him yesterday. No, cut the ball up the field at least once. Yeah, you can try to like he he suddenly thinks he's a home run hitter. 
they may need a, a, a running back might be an offseason need. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so. And I would have liked that. to have seen more of McFarlane yesterday. He got five snaps. Yeah, five. Carry, yeah. Three carries and five snaps. I would, and he got the first carry of the game. Like, mm-hmm. and then you end up with five snaps. That, that to me. I thought his role was growing. I was shocked to see Snell really at all. But, okay. I mean, I'm not sure there's an answer there. Yeah. Um, back to Claypool, though. I do think. Most years, he's a first-round pick, though, no matter what, just because he's a rare size-speed combination. Yeah. And what was he, the 11th receiver? He was the, the 11th board. receiver taken. Those other 10 are all, you know, first-round people, too. Deontay Johnson was the 10th receiver taken the year before. He was the second pick of the third round. So mm-hmm. that's how good this receiver group was. There were 11 taken midway that, through right. the the, right. the second round. I mean, and Justin Jefferson and Ruggs. And, I mean, really good prospects, obviously, too. Um, but, again, I mean, he's – if he comes, if they're redrafting, I think he's a top ten pick overall. He very well may be. I mean, right. that's he's got that kind of talent. I he's mean, got that, that kind of talent, that that size and speed. You know, a lot of it. Some of it was. You know, he didn't have great quarterback play at Notre Dame. No, and I don't know that they used him. Certainly didn't use him the way the Steelers are using him. Mm-mm. I mean, it's really a testament, and obviously the Steelers have been exceptional with this at that position. You know, finding the guy and then using him properly. I mean, Deontay Johnson's a perfect example too. Like, no, if they redraft in that class, he doesn't last till the third round. He's a right. first round pick all day long too. Yeah. You know, I mean, the per- a great example is why did we all think DK Metcalf wasn't so great because he didn't run a great three cone? Like, I, I and I think Claypool fits just similar, but there's no one that looks like Metcalf in the league. But like. If he's my, pretty. He's pretty close. He's, I mean, he's in the mold. <laughs> like if my kids, my thirteen-year-old and his buddies, are picking up teams at recess, they're going to take Metcalf and they're going to take Claypool. They want the big kid that is faster and stronger than everybody yeah. else on the in the playground. Like it doesn't take much to realize that those guys are different than everybody else. That sometimes, and I'm I'm guilty of this. Everybody's guilty of this. That maybe. Scouting's not as hard as it looks. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, give me the big, strong guy that jumps over everybody and breaks tackles and, and is faster than all of us. Like, maybe he should be the first pick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, have a, I have yet to see a negative with the kid. Right, right. I mean, he had a couple of drops in camp, and you're like, ah. Eh. But okay. that happens. That's not the big deal. That's not, you know, right. especially for the bigger guys. It's like, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, it's he not, changes directions better than I expected. He has more burst than I thought. I thought he might be a build-up speed guy, and it kind of looked like that at Notre Dame, but people change. I mean, yeah. he didn't just sit around doing nothing since the day. And, and again, I, I'll, I'll mention, you know, he was lined up in press coverage against Darius Slay, who's a, a top-ten cornerback yeah, right, right, right. in the NFL. He's played press coverage. He's, he travels with the best receivers in the league on a weekly corner, basis. Right. That's yeah. why they traded for him and gave him a ton of money. And he just whipped him off the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Like, and he does it not only with power too. It's right. not like just get off me, you little bug. I mean, he which he could do, which he can do as yeah. well. And people fear that, but he does it with technique and quickness, and you know, moves off the line of scrimmage. He, he's very impressive. And I, I mentioned I was on that uh, that roundtable today with the Steelers, and they were asking me about Claypool. Obviously, it was a huge topic of conversation. And my response after Labs and Wolf talked about it was. People were giving me a hard time, not a hard time, but we're making a joke out of it. Quit talking about his special teams and tackles at Notre Dame, Williamson. <laughs> and my point is, and my point was, yeah, that's great. But if you're a good special teamer at Notre Dame, you work hard and you're tough. And if if I know that you work hard and you're tough and you're 6'5 and run a 4'3 and you have all kinds of abilities, 
it's pretty hard for you to bust. <laughs> you know what it I mean? Is, like, yeah. you put that combination Especially together. when you have a, a Hall of Fame quarterback throwing you the football. Yeah, and obviously he's I mean, is Michael hard. Thomas Michael Thomas right now if he's playing with... And Devontae Adams isn't either. Right, those like, Julio guys... Julio is no matter what. Yeah, you know? but those other guys right. aren't who they are if no. they're playing with... You know, if they're in Jacksonville, right? right. They I mean, just they're aren't. Fine. They're good players. Yeah. They're not the best receiver in the league type guys. I mean, Julio is. A couple guys are. And honestly, Claypool might be in that mold. He might be closer to Julio than the Devonte Adams and Thomases of the world. You know, I mean, the, that's, I, I'm getting ahead of myself. Don't get me wrong. Right. I'm not saying he's, but when you looked at the, you know, the the size speed stuff at the combine, um, the only comparisons were Calvin Jones for a guy Calvin that Johnson, yeah. a guy who, right, right. or Calvin Johnson. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, the guy who ran, who was that big and ran that fast. Yeah, and, and I think Metcalf was in that mold. Too. And Johnson yeah, right. was kind of a Metcalf was actually wasn't in he terms. Was, he was below, huh? Yeah, and, and I think Evans wasn't quite as good. They weren't quite as yeah. They're not as heavy. They're, yeah, they did. They didn't. They weren't two hundred thirty eight pounds <laughs> mm-hmm. like like Johnson and, and this kid are. They were you know sub two thirty. That's what makes this even more like he's a four four guy at two hundred thirty eight pounds. Yeah, Michael Evans. Mike Evans is a lot thinner than Chase. And he's also a four five guy. Right, right, which is blazing for somebody for somebody that big, big, yeah. Right, right, right. Long um, strider. You know, you just when you're when you're six four, two hundred thirty eight pounds, and you can run a four four. Again, I, if I'm an opposing defensive back, I don't know what I do against I don't that. Do about it. I mean, Denzel. You know, again, if the, if the Browns want to line up this week and say, "Oh, we're going to put our best guy and have him follow," you know, Chase Claypool all over the field, I don't know that that bothers. Especially with Ward, I mean, he's a smaller guy. Too. He's, five he's a really nine. good player. Yeah, really good player. But the Steelers might want that. I mean, Chase go might ahead and, want yeah, that. Go ahead and put this guy who's six sure. inches smaller, and, and, you know, this guy has a ridiculous reach and can mm-hmm. jump and, and also can run. I mean, I hate to use the comparisons of Calvin Johnson, Julio, Metcalf, but he's in that mold. I mean, he's, right. I mean, the, those guys don't look like anybody else. Their their size speed combination is very very rare, and they're not just big and fast. He brings a lot more to the table than just size and speed. And I'm not saying he's going to be as good as any of those, but Metcalf has quickly shown that he's. I'm not going to say he's the next Julio, but he's progressed very fast at Seattle. This guy could do the exact Again, same thing. What's he have? Great quarterback. Great quarterback. Yeah, who can get him the football. You know, if, uses them smart if Metcalf's too. playing with with Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles right now, mm-hmm. probably not the same player. Right, right, right. And Metcalf doesn't run a lot of outs and you know, and you know quick hitting routes. I mean, he they use him properly. You know, he's he's not a great change of direction guy, but who cares? Yeah, I just think you know I think Claypool's a chess piece. Yeah, that the Steelers and you saw them. We're watching actually actually watching highlights of this right now. I mean the, the the one touchdown pass. Uh, you know they have him line up in the backfield. Yeah, and then split him out wide. Over, right. Yeah. Um, you know the, the the last touchdown pass. He's in. The, he's the third guy in the slot. Mm-hmm. So you you know Roethlisberger sees that and he knows he's got the linebacker on. He's got the linebacker. Right. Right. Like, and that's yeah. when the Ben was saying. Yeah. Basically, just instructing him. Hey, just run fast on the. And, and Claypool did a nice job of selling that too. Like he came yeah. off the line of scrimmage and kind of half speeded it a little bit until he saw the linebacker uh, take a step up. And then he just said, "Okay, I'm going to go," yeah. <laughs> and and just shot past him. And sure, no chance. I mean, I'm excited. We really haven't seen Claypool and Deontay play sixty snaps each. No, together. And yeah, it's going to be pretty exciting too. I mean, and it's no knock on Juju, Washington, Ebron, any of those guys. They're all really good players. But if those are your top two, 
if that's your Lockett and Metcalf and Seahawks, Seahawks don't have a three, a four, a five. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, it's pretty scary. It is, and, and we're going to see a good uh, wide receiver duo from the Browns mm-hmm. this week, but it's nothing, I don't think, the Steelers well, may have two guys. The Steelers may have the best depth at the position in the league. In the league, yeah. I mean, you, Dallas is in the conversation. They got three really. They've good. got three really good ones. Right, right, right. Um, you know, but if James Washington's your fourth best guy, That's or Eric thing. Ebron's right. your, you know, your fourth or fifth, like, I, I mean, like, who the, has that depth? Talking about the Browns, like, I, I just think public perception, and maybe I'm not quite there yet either. It doesn't give even Claypool and Deontay Johnson enough credit for how strong they really are. Like, if we beamed Jarvis Landry on this team, he may only play 30 snaps a game. Yeah, you know he's not I mean? special. He's not special. He's yeah. a good player. He's been to Pro Bowls. He's accomplished. But I'm not sure I'm pulling Juju off the field for him, let alone Deontay or Claypool. Yeah, I mean, you know I mean, he's mean? not going to do it. And Landry's good. I'm not knocking Landry. It's just, right. You know, it, if you ask someone in Kansas City or Oakland or whatever, they'd say, "Oh, Landry's better than those guys." Yeah, I mean, but he really isn't. I mean, they've they've got an argument there as well in Kansas City about their group. I was just talking about any random. Yeah, city. But, yeah, but yeah, the Kansas City group. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with when Watkins is healthy. But the Steelers group right. is is pretty darn good. I mean, it's, it's really trending the right way too. Yeah, like imagine where they'll be next year. You know what I mean? Like these guys are still learning. Yeah, even if you take Juju out of the equation, he, sure, like they'll draft another one and and. Tournament, yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, I've I've yet to, you know. Though I'm sure they'll be okay in terms of bringing new new guys in out of the, the college ranks. I mean, they've they've made Ray Ray McLeod a, yeah, he's a thing. A guy, yeah, yeah. So no, it's it's fun. Uh, yeah, they do a good job with identifying wide receivers and putting them again in the right position. Again, people want to just kill. Oh, Randy Fichter stinks. You know, fire him. Get rid of it. Like mm-hmm. he's putting these guys in these positions to make plays. Oh, for sure. You know, and and, and back to your original point. I keep bringing up DK Metcalf because I do think 10 years from now, you know, someone, my son or someone that's kind of new to the league or it might say, why wasn't he a top 10 pick again? Like, what's wrong with this guy? You know, by the way, he was the ninth receiver taken last year DK. Just, just before Deontay Johnson yeah, went. He was the last pick in the second round. Yeah. I mean, he went two picks ahead of Deontay Johnson. Yeah. Imagine if the Steelers had drafted. It, maybe they would. I don't know. I know that they like. I know they right. like Deontay. I think they had Deontay as their number one receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think Metcalf's the best you have to come too. with him. Too. Yeah, Deontay's a little bit out of sight, out of mind. He's still their best guy, in my opinion. Yeah, I think yeah. he's still the most. Yeah, has the most escapability. All that. Kind oh of stuff. yeah, route running. Yeah, so gonna be interesting. We'll see, and then we'll talk a lot about this. Uh, the Steelers Browns matchup. Um, I, I did want to move on uh, to, uh, to do we have a different feeling now about we last week we talked about which division is the best. I have a different feeling. Do we have a different feeling about that today than we did last week? We'll yes. talk about that next when we come back right after this. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And Matt, um, 
The Steelers now one of uh, three unbeaten teams in the AFC. That number will be knocked down to two tomorrow night. Oh, right, right, right. Assuming there's a game. but Assuming there's a game. Promising, and, uh, yeah. actually. Assuming they don't tie. Right. Um, that would still leave them, I guess, unbeaten. But mm-hmm. uh, And over in the NFC, you're looking at just two unbeaten teams. That would be Seattle and Green Bay. Yeah, okay. And Green um, Bay had a bye. Seattle had to. Boy. Wow. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> they were looking pretty. It was looking for it like they were going to be the uh, they were going to be the looking next one to bleak. lose. Yeah. Um, what a drive by Wilson, though. Yeah, it absolutely was. Uh, but we talked last week, and we were both under the uh, of the feeling that the uh, the NFC West was the best division in football. I have cha- I'm come off of that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that it is, especially now the Cardinals lost Chandler Jones. Right. He's easily their best defensive player. And they beat the Jets, but that's a, a yeah. get right game. Everybody I mean, beats the Jets. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what that team needed to start yeah. to get back to respectability, but they still have issues to be. I don't my opinion of the Cardinals hasn't changed. The forty ers My opinion of them has. They stink. They stink. And if you feel like it, pull it up because their next five games are ridiculously hard. They may be like two and eight. And yeah. they're two and three right now. And your boy Jimmy G. I don't know if he should have been out there. Or they not, talk about stunned. that his right. great record. Yeah, uh, he's now twenty and seven as a starter. Uh, he's going to be about, by the end of this season about twenty two and twelve as yeah. a starter. It's bad there right now, and the quarterback problems are obvious. And maybe he shouldn't have even started. Whatever, he was horrendous. He got benched at halftime. They were losing by a million at halftime to Miami at home. At home, yeah. The thing they should be worry worried about though, I'm not sure the defense is even good anymore. Yeah, I, I mean, the, def, we'll, we'll talk a lot of defense, I'm sure, this week because people are down on the Steelers' D. But these teams that play a pretty strict Seattle 3-D, cover three, you know, uh, Atlanta's another one of them. And people are all excited about Robert, Robert Sala as the next head coach. Like, he may be a great leader of men and a CEO and great, but in terms of defense, he's a good coach when he has – Buckner and Bosa. When he has the steel curtain there, yeah. Dominant defense. He's got better Jimmys and Joes than everybody else. Yeah, it's it's a very execution-based defense and scheme. Yeah, seven first-round draft picks on the on the defensive line. Yeah, I'm a good coach. He's a real good coach, and it's a real good defense. And it even gets figured out late in the Super Bowl too. You know, like all the stuff the Steelers throw at you is so much harder to play against, and you don't have to have elite players. And then when you do. Then you get a combination like Pittsburgh has right now. But I look at that defense and think they were playing what's his face Allen, the the tall corner the Steelers drafted a couple years Mar- ago. Oh, Brian Allen. He was a starter for them, and they just picked on him relentlessly over and over and over. And they have no pass rush anymore. They have they don't scheme you up. It it's bad. And yeah, that's it's pretty the vanilla. Ball is a problem. Yeah, pretty vanilla. Yeah, like I don't think that's a playoff team. So back to your question. They're low on my list of the teams right now in the two divisions. Yeah, I, and I, I don't know if they're worse than the Bengals, but the Bengals. I don't are, think they are. The Bengals are tr- are at least moving in the right direction, mm-hmm. even though they got thumped yesterday. Uh, I, who didn't see that coming? They got thumped yesterday. They, they yeah. really did. That game was interesting to me, though, in that we can talk more Ravens for sure too, because the Bengals dropped three or four. Lamar interceptions. Yeah, he's not playing well. He's not playing well. He's not throwing the football well. The The Ravens' defense annihilated the Bengals' offense, and that's why they won. Right. And, and that's what the Steelers' 
defense will do to Cincinnati right. as well. People, I, they I, can't block it. I had people telling me to be before the season started. Oh, watch out for this Bengals team. They're going to you're going to beat the Steelers at least once this year. Come on, man. I like some that, of the pieces. That line is still bad. It's if still you've bad. got a bad offensive line, you are not going to beat the Steelers. No, uh, you're you're going to be in for a real long day, and Burrow will be as well. Um, but that's what happened. I mean, the Bengals' offense averaged like two yards a play. And yeah, miserable. And, but it wasn't like Lamar's back. But I look at that. You still get the Seahawks at five and zero. They have problems, but I would never bet against them. It's still, they still got <laughs> Russell Wilson. As long right. as Russell Wilson is upright, they're going to be good. Oh yeah. You know they're going to be yeah, da- they're a dangerous yeah, football you need team. To know, right. They're a dangerous football team. Is he the? Is, is he playing once again? The best quarterback in the league. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I mean, not sure it's even close right now. Yeah, like with all respect to Mahomes, he's still great, but he's he struggled yesterday. He struggled a little bit. Yeah, um, Rogers is really good. Allen's in that conversation, you know, for how they've played, just what they've put on tape through four or five games. But Wilson's number one. I'm not sure right now though that if Seattle and Green Bay play, Green Bay doesn't win that game. They very well could. They have a better team. They, they take the, the quarterbacks. They, yeah, out. they have the better overall team, and I don't think that the di- the difference between the two quarterbacks. I think Rodgers is playing much better than he did the last couple of years. By far. And, you know, right. he at least gives you, gets you in the ballpark with, with mm-hmm. Wilson that, you know, if, if that's a if you can get a push there, even Wilson only wins that slightly, I think Green Bay's overall talent beats Seattle. I, I did my weekly power ranks late last night, and I moved Seattle down a little. I had them like five or six, which isn't so terrible. But yeah. I had the Bills ahead of them. I had the Steelers slightly ahead of them. I had Green Bay two. I kept Kansas City one, and I got a lot of heat. How could you keep Kansas City one? I'm like they won 13 in a row before that. Yeah, they're, they're pretty good still. But I mean, they're, you know, but they're not playing great. They they slip past the Chargers. Yeah, it's been two they weeks lose in a row. to the Raiders. Yep. Uh, again, this goes back to to they what got we beat talked bad about. Yesterday. Yeah. Oh yeah. They didn't yeah. just lose. They get they get crushed. Um, the teams in your division do nothing because they know they got to play it twice and the exactly. easiest easiest way to get into the playoffs is to beat the, win your division um they're they, building their they whole spend season. four right. or five months in the offseason how do we beat the chiefs absolutely i mean i tell a story all the time that in our war room with the browns the year i was there phil savage would say a prayer he was a very religious guy so our war room meetings he said a prayer and then he said how do we beat the Steelers what we do we beat the Steelers <laughs> right and then we would talk about the safeties in the draft that day or whatever you know like that's what you had to do they were a 15-1 team um, we'll find out more about the Bills I think tomorrow night although mm-hmm. I, I expect them to beat the Titans I don't know what to think of the Titans but yeah. even if they were full strength I would take the Bills I would take the Bills in that game a better team um, then you get the Patriots at two and two, the Dolphins at two and three now, so they're back they're in the. They're not out of yeah. it. And I guess the Raiders aren't either. And the Jets stink, uh, but that's the if Jets are horrible, yeah. There are three good teams in the AFC North. Yes, there are three really good teams. They're I, three I think playoff like teams. I think we can look at the Browns right now and say, okay, they're they're a pretty good team. I think so too. They they were like they, actually they were tenth in my power ranks because I had a guy I say. They're they're in the top ten in the power ranks. I didn't think I'd ever see that again. I'm not sure I ever did. You know, yeah. just well, and that's that. You know, if you're looking at this from a Steelers perspective this week, the Browns at three games. The Browns and Steelers haven't played with both teams at three games over 500 since 1994. That doesn't surprise me. That's pre Modell moving the team out of. Mm-hmm. That's Belichick was still coaching. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes um, sense. So they and it wasn't the Steelers' fault. <laughs> they haven't seen this in more than a generation. Yeah. So for them, they've already won the Super Bowl. 
in a way, they're playing with house money. Yeah. Oh, right. we're four and one. You yeah, know? Yeah, and yeah. I'm sure everybody's blowing smoke up their behinds in Cleveland mm-hmm. right now. How good they are. And I remember great. the conversation we had with Labs two off seasons ago when they had just got Odell and people were won the off season. Yeah, they were the Vegas odds leader to win the North, and that was a big topic of conversation. And the Steelers knew it, and Labs said things like, "Yeah, we'll see how they deal with." three Monday nighters and a Sunday nighter and, you know, having the bullseye on your chest. It's different being the hunted than the hunter. Oh, there's no doubt about it. You know, in the one game that they played that was a primetime matchup was against the Ravens and they got smoked. They got smoked. Um, You could say, well, they they did beat the, you know, they beat Cowboys. They beat the Cowboys. Well, I don't know that that's going to be. I'm not sure it's the best resume booster. Um, the win against the the, the uh, Colts this week is a good one. It but is, that, but that was a banged up Colts team. No Rivers Cast- is horrible. No Costanzo. Mm-hmm. No Darius Leonard. If I'd have known that when I was making my picks on that game, mm-hmm. I might have changed my pick on that. Yeah, Rivers uh, needs to get benched too. He's awful. Yeah, and he I'm not sure awful. Baker's a whole lot better. But the Browns deserve a lot of credit. They're better than I thought. They're going to be a very good opponent. Um, They've still given up 149 points, though. Yeah, in yeah. five games, uh, and they're giving up almost 30 points a game. But I'll definitely say less bad things about the opponent this week than I have every other week this year. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I mean they're pressure. a dangerous football team. They are, and if Steelers don't tackle better, they're going to get run on. The Browns' O line is very real. Odell's very dangerous. I think the coaching changes helped. I mean, they're yeah. putting people in the right position to succeed. One thing you didn't mention there is that Baker Mayfield is still Baker Mayfield. Yeah. That would really worry me from Brown's perspective. Yeah. Throwing through Cam. Like and the worst it. thing that the, could, the Steelers could do this week, uh, not to go completely off topic, would be to injure Baker Mayfield and somehow get Case Keenum into the game. <laughs> <laughs> when he was limping around this past week, I thought they might get Keenum and he may never come out. Yeah. So that day might come. But I, I just look at the other divisions now, you know, around the league, and there's, you know, every other division has at least two good teams. Um, the AFC North has three. Yeah, they do. They have three. And the NFC South doesn't have three. Like, Carolina's a lot better than I thought. Atlanta's a lot worse than I thought. But the Saints and Bucks aren't at the top of the league right now either, so they don't no, care. Right, kind of yeah. Weight, you know, Um you can look at the a- NFC North and tell me there's two good teams. And that's it. I'm not sure. And I'm not sold on the Bears being one. a good team. I, the line of delineation, if you look at the league right now, um, I mean, there are, as we sit here, and we're five weeks into this for the most part, mm-hmm. more than half the league, uh, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve teams um, so more than a third of the league has either one win or no wins. Ooh. Yeah, the bottom's bad. The bottom is bad. Yeah, the bottom is really bad. Like, the Jets stand alone as the crappiest team in the league. But Washington is pushing hard all of a sudden. Yeah. I mean, they had 70 yards passing last week. The three teams— uh, Not a third quarterback. The three teams on that East, that East Coast run there, uh, between Washington and the two New York teams— uh, the Giants have been outscored in their five games by 52 points, so an average of 10 points per game, and they've got the best point differential of those three teams. I, say, I think they're clearly the best <laughs> of those three. Like I'm not sure that they're even the Redskins have won a game, and they're at minus 53. Yeah, maybe, and they the won Eagles, a game. Right, yeah, right. Uh, and then you get the Jets at minus 86 through five games. And they're horrendous. Yeah, I, I think Jacksonville's worse than the Giants. They're yeah, they are who we terrible. they are who we thought they were. Their defense is horrific. Yeah, they're they're at minus thirty eight right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just look at some of these. When people talk about 
There, Denver's bad. There are only two teams in the league right now allowing less than 300 yards per game. Oh, really? There are only three teams in the league right now, pending the, the outcome of these, these mm-hmm. games sure, next we got nights, games uh, who are giving up less than 20 points per game. That doesn't surprise me. I right. mean, so you look at the, the points against uh, the Cowboys have given up 180. 180 points in five games. 180, wow, it's bad. Uh, you know, you have to – almost every team in the league has given up more than 100. Uh, the Titans have given up 74, but they've only played three games. Their defense, their is, defense not good, is not good. Right. The Ravens, the Ravens are at seventy six. Um, okay. Through four games, through five games, five games. Five that's, games. That's pretty darn good. The Steelers are at eighty seven. Mm-hmm. The Colts are at eighty eight now. They were leading the league going into that game against the the Browns. The Rams at ninety. Patriots at ninety two. Chargers at ninety five. Broncos at ninety eight. Yeah. And of course, the Chargers Broncos, play Broncos and Patriots have to play. And Sandy, and so do the Chargers. They skipped the game. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Steelers did too. So. Yeah. You know, in the grand scheme of things here, people are complaining about the Steelers' defense. It's still one of the best defenses in the league. I still think it's number one. It's I wouldn't trade it with any. really difficult to play defense in this league. If they're not going to call holding penalties and they're going to throw uh, – you're going to have four or five times as many pass interference penalties as there are holding yeah. penalties in every game. Yeah, there's going to be more points scored. There absolutely is. And um, I didn't want to get too much into the refs, but I thought it was a very – Poorly officiated game on for both, both sides. Both sides, yeah. And, and the fact that the Steelers can't get a holding call against them is one of the more ludicrous things that's happened through you know five weeks yeah, of NFL just play. Focus on T.J. Watt. Any one, but on he's a play a, to play. the best one, right? He yeah. gets around the neck. Uh, I mean, just constantly. Yeah. Lane Johnson at one point had a bear hug on him. <laughs> um, and, it, and teams are going to do it more and more. Yeah, you just if you're going to get away with it, you're going to keep doing it. Everyone's watching the same tape. Yeah. Wow, look what they got. We can hold them. Just yeah. hold them up. Just yeah. grab them. And that's a problem to me. I know the league wants it to happen, that there's more offense. But if you have third-string tackles against Defensive Player of the Years and that's an even draw, something's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? If, if, that, if that fight goes to a draw, it shouldn't. You know, that's – why would anyone invest in defensive linemen going forward? You know what I mean? Right. Like, if I'm a defensive player, I'm like, well, how are we going to get paid? How are we going to make – yeah, make ends meet here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a little bizarre. Yeah. And we didn't mention this either, but you and I were talking off the air. Wentz made some throws in he that was, game. He was good. He was really good. Yeah. And one thing that's been true pre-COVID and pre-holding calls, when quarterbacks are on, they're going to move the ball against anybody. Right. I mean, when Wentz is as talented as anyone not named Mahomes. I mean, he can throw it, and he made some throws. He made some great throws. Yeah. So that is going to do it for our show today. Uh, so for my partner, Matt Williamson, for uh, Jacob here on site, keeping us on the air, I am Dale Lolly. We want to thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.